Hello there. This is your most recent Tech Law 10. We're back. This is Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. I'm joined as ever by my colleague Jonathan Armstrong at Corduroy. We're here to talk to you always about where the tech and the law intersect. And so along those lines, Jonathan is going to educate us a little bit about new legislation relating to the General Data Protection Regulation, otherwise known as GDPR. Jonathan? Yeah, thanks very much, Eric. Um, last week, the UK government published its statement of intent. So as you alluded to, GDPR is a regulation that applies across the whole of the EU. But some countries, Germany, for example, have chosen to implement additional domestic legislation which sits alongside the EU-wide GDPR. And the UK government have just said that they intend to do that as well. Now, the UK government's statement focuses on some of our favorite elements of GDPR that we've talked about over the last 200 or so uh, <laughs> podcasts, including the right to be forgotten, also known as the right to erasure, the, uh, the changes to the uh, treatment of consent in GDPR, the wide definition of personal data, the fact that subject access requests are going to be free, at least for the first SAR, which could lead to SARs being used almost like denial of service attacks to slow corporations down, and the concentration on data protection impact assessments, this relatively new thing that GDPR enshrines of doing almost like a business case for privacy before you start any new processing of data. But one of the things that I think is worth looking at, particularly for a minute, are some new criminal offenses that the UK is proposing. Now, in effect, what the UK is proposing to do with its legislation is to bring in some parts of GDPR into domestic legislation in part so that the UK can be seen to be what the minister calls gold standard legislation, and in part to cope with possible issues around Brexit. But the other thing that it's trying to do is update some of the existing bits of UK data protection legislation which haven't been covered in GDPR. And these criminal sanctions are part of that. So GDPR um, doesn't address some of the things that current UK legislation does uh, around criminal offences and mishandling data. So there's effectively three things that are proposed. We don't know the fine detail until next month when the draft bill is published. But the first thing is a new offence of intentionally or recklessly re-identifying individuals for, from anonymized or pseudonymized data. So this could be committed, for example, by an online advertiser if they're given pseudonymized data. So for example, data on web behavior with an IP address stripped out. But they try and work out from those patterns of behavior the IP address of the individual involved or they try and work out who the individual is, then they would be committing a criminal offense potentially. And the maximum 
penalty here is an unlimited fine. And these new offences will become what's called recordable offences, which means that anybody convicted of them gets a police record, and that could restrict employment opportunities, their ability to pass a fit and proper test if they're a corporation, etc., etc. The second new offence uh, relates to subject access requests. As we've said, this is a real focus of GDPR, but it's almost like bringing in litigation holds for subject access requests, and the new offence would be of altering records with intent to prevent disclosure following a subject access request being made. Now, this would apply to data controllers and to data processors. So vendors of services into the EU need to be particularly aware of the possibility of them committing this offence after an SAR has been delivered. And again, in England and Wales, the maximum penalty would be an unlimited fine. There are slightly different rules in Scotland and in Northern Ireland. And then the third aspect that they're dealing with is uh, expanding a current offence under the 1998 Data Protection Act. This offence is under Section 55, and it's been used by the authorities quite successfully recently to prosecute people who have unlawfully obtained data. So, for example, in a case last month, a recruitment manager was prosecuted because he emailed CVs of candidates to an external recruitment firm without authority from his employer. This new offence will preserve the existing offence of unlawfully obtaining data, but it will also expand it to include anyone who retains data against the wishes of a data controller. Now, Remember that some of these definitions are really terms of art, like subject access request, data controller, data processor. There's a glossary on our website, and we'll link to that in the LinkedIn pages on Tech Law 10 if you're stuck on those glossaries, uh, on those definitions. But it's, uh, it, it's likely that this new wider offense, the extension of what's called a Section 55 offense, will make these uh, convictions easier particularly those who sort of turn the blind eye to the legality when they've received data. You know, for example, when an employee leaves an employer and goes and joins somebody new and brings their contact book with them. So um, these new offences, I think, are, uh, haven't really got any attention at all at the moment in the concentration on the main provisions of GDPR. But I think oh, in time we're going to see some focus here particularly because there are unlimited fines available and particularly because data processors as well as data controllers and, of course, employees can commit these criminal offences as well. I wondered if you had any thoughts on that, Eric. <laughs> well, this is obviously a, a thick topic, and, of course, I'm on the other side of the pond, so I, I don't know it as well as you do. I guess mo mostly what I'm going to do here is ask you two questions. Um, maybe I'll do them one at a time first. So can you explain for us ever so briefly the impact of Brexit on everything you're saying here? Yeah, so, so um, obviously Brexit won't happen until after GDPR comes in, assuming it does happen. The impact is that the UK will most likely have to 
pursue what's called an adequacy finding. So it'll have to persuade the remaining countries in the EU that its data protection law is equivalent to GDPR. And that's one of the purposes, I think, of this new uh, proposed legislation, so that it would, even if GDPR falls away, if the UK exits uh, the EU, then this new Data Protection Act 19, uh, sorry, Data Protection Act 2018, as mm. it will become, w would still be there as a, a as a backstop, if you like. So, so part of the purpose of this legislation is to, uh, I guess, have, uh, in vaguest terms, chips on red and chips on black. Actually, I thought of a, yet another question. So I have two more, and then I know we're going to try to keep to our tech law 10, the 10 being 10 minutes. So uh, ever so briefly, what impact do you think this has on American companies? Yeah, I think substantial. The whole purpose of GDPR is is that it has extraterritorial reach. We'll have to look at the specific bill to find out whether the criminal offenses are drawn like that. But obviously, a lot of data processors are based in the US. People who run payroll or booking systems or social media companies or whatever that might be. And so I think we're likely to see a, a significant impact on US corporations, I think. And then last question. Say I am a corporation coming to you, whether from the U.S. or the U.K. or elsewhere. You know, you talk about uh, unlimited fines. Is the bottom line here, be afraid, be very afraid? Yes and no, I think. I think that um, we talk about, you know, these very high fines under GDPR, and they do exist. So 4% of global annual revenue or 20 million euros, whichever is greater. The UK legislation mirrors those same uh, civil penalties. I think there's the potential for unlimited fines as well in these criminal offences. But if we look at history, the maximum fine uh, under, the, uh, under the current legislation in the UK is four-fifths. You know, the highest fine is four-fifths of the maximum. I think that we won't see, by all means, all of the fines at the higher end, whether that be from the civil courts or the criminal courts. The track record of criminal penalties is on the low side. The uh, regulators, in terms of civil penalties, have a wide discretion, and they've generally exercised that whenever a company has had good mitigation in place. So I think for most businesses, the message is, look at preventing breaches. If you can't prevent breaches, look at minimizing them. And so things like training are more important than ever before because that's the key way of reducing the penalty if something does go wrong. Right, and obviously seek out appropriate legal counsel in this area, someone skilled in GDPR, like a Jonathan Armstrong, for example. And obviously I was passing it back over to you more in this particular podcast because this is obviously right up your alley. So, Jonathan, thank you for educating us. Obviously, there's much more below the tip of the iceberg, but we're now done with our Tech Law 10 for this week. We will be talking to you again soon. I'm Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. My e email is ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. You can find us at all the usual social media outlets that we use. And then, Jonathan, why don't you wrap it up? 
Thanks very much, Eric. I'm Jonathan Armstrong, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. And all that remains is to thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you again in a week or so. Thanks, though. Thank you. Cheers. 